Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. You know, I'm very present to the fact that you could be doing anything else, listening to anything else, anybody else. And I appreciate the fact that you're listening in to this particular episode. And I don't know if you've been a long-term listener or you're finding us for the first time. Knowing that if you find us for the first time right now, this is by divine appointment. In fact, if you've been listening for a while, when you first found me, it was by divine appointment. You followed the breadcrumbs in order to be here in this conversation. And that consoles me a lot. As I sit here by myself, I realize I'm not by myself. It's you and me having a conversation. And in this conversation, I want to talk about my favorite tool for manifestation. Now, hopefully you listened to the episode just before this. If not, I'll touch upon it briefly. And that was about the power of self-talk. And in that episode, I talked about how my son, on his way to his uh, job assignment, there was something new going on that day, and I just heard him mutter while he sat in the passenger seat. I was taking him to work, but he uttered this, today is going to be a good day. And then I added to it enthusiastically, In fact, it's going to be a phenomenal day, a fantastic day. I wonder, I'm curious just how amazing it will be. And he turned to me and smiled and said, yes. And I actually didn't tell you in the last episode. For him, it was an amazing day. Now, that whole process was creating from nothing. It was generating a whole new reality. Because at that given moment, there was no... I guess, no indication that it was going to be a great day. He was declaring it. He was generating the possibility. So this points to my favorite manifesting technique, and that is scripting, telling the story the way you want it to be. You see, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, you have some type of story going on about how life occurs, how it shows up, what's going to happen next. In fact, You take action based on the story that you're telling in your head. Or you don't take action based on the story you're telling in your head. You see, you generate your reality. You create your reality based on the thoughts you hold, the beliefs you hold, your perspectives. You get to say. Now, let me say just a little something about manifesting. You see, the law of attraction is always in action. So whatever's showing up, and a lot of people think manifesting has to do with getting the things that you want, the things that you desire. While that's definitely part of the equation, you see, the law of attraction is always in action. So the universe is always supplying, always delivering what your current vibration is, what your current thought is, what your current story is. So you basically have two ways of, uh, of figuring out what you're attracting in any given moment. And one is how you feel. How you currently feel is the vibration. It's your point of attraction. 
And how you feel at any given moment is a result of the thoughts you hold, the things you're picturing in your mind, the things you're saying to yourself, the stories that you're holding in your hand as in projecting out into the future. And then the other indicator about what you're attracting is what's showing up, what's consistently showing up in your life. That gives an indication of where your point of attraction is, where your focus is, what's your current story, what's your current emotional uh, set point. Because if you have something of a higher vibration, you have to match the vibration of the, of the thing, the item, the circumstance, the emotional state that you're attempting to manifest. Now, you might say, I don't have a story. I'm not telling any story. Well, you are. You cannot help it. As a human being, we have some type of narrative. We have some type of expectation in any given circumstance. So again, take an assessment, take a look, take an accounting of what's showing up. And if you love it, if you dig it, then uh, keep doing the same thing. But if you don't, that's your opportunity to make a difference, to make a shift, to tell a different story. Now, the story that most people say is they take a look at what's currently showing up in their life and they start explaining why it's there. Or they reinforce it with, that's just my luck, or that's what could be expected. I knew it was going to happen. Of course you knew it was going to happen. You created it. So this assessment, this reporting, this commentary on what's currently showing up is you just perpetuating what's showing up. Because again, what your current state is, what your current focus is, is what you're attracting in the next moment. What you're currently aware of is history. It's the result of the vibration and the the questions, the story that you were telling previously, possibly even a year ago or last week. As long as you hold it as a probability in showing up, you welcome it in, you invite it in. And if you don't like what's showing up, you have the ability to tell a new story, to script a new story. Now, I'm going to give you a couple examples, real-world examples, and how I've used this in the past. And hopefully you'll glean the lessons that's contained therein. But before I get into that, you might be asking, you're telling me all I have to do is tell a different story, picture something different in my mind, and I'm going to attract that? Yes, (laughs) because basically your other than conscious mind does not know the difference between something you vividly imagine and quote unquote real world reality. How can I say that? Well, if you consider how you perceive reality, you take visual images, visual vibrations, vibrations of light, frequency, and you take them in through your eyes and you convert them into images in your head. You represent them. Remember, you have five representational systems. You take the sounds and the vibrations that you hear out in the world, and those enter your ears as vibrations, and you interpolate them, and you manifest the meaning in your mind. And then throughout all that process, you're filtering all those vibrations, that information, through your perceptual filters, through your beliefs, through your values, and you're arriving at some definition, some defining uh, meaning that you're attaching to every event, every situation. You see, because you just don't take the world out there, outside of you, 
and squeeze it in your head, one-to-one ratio, there is some interpretation that's going on. So you never, ever directly interact with the real world. You're always interacting with some interpretation, your interpretation of the world. The people in your life, the circumstances, the career, it's all manifested, created inside you because the meaning lies in you. Nothing outside of us has any intrinsic meaning. It's all in our assessment. It's all in our interpretation. So because all you have at any given moment is your interpretation, your own representation of reality in your head, your experience of reality is completely generated by you. As And so it follows that the mind does not know the difference between something you vividly imagine and quote-unquote reality because you're imagining it all the time anyways. And if you get this, really get this, then you'll have no problem creating the world the way you want it. So with that said, I want to give you the first real-world example. Now, back in 2016, uh, my friend Thomas Miller, who is the host of the Subconscious Mind Mastery, he proposed to me that we take a group to Sedona, Arizona. Now, Sedona is the land of energy vortexes, is just a beautiful place, and he knew that I had a profound experience there 20-some years ago. And he brought me on his podcast, and we talked about that, and we threw it out to the world that we were leading a group to Sedona, Arizona. Now, as part of our management team, our management team, the leaders, uh, it was Thomas, me, and Leslie Thornton, who was a hip, is a hypnotist in New York. Well, we threw out the invitation, and after a few days, Thomas contacted me and said, I'm not having good vibes about this because no one is inquiring about the, to- the trip. So I suggested we have a creation call. So Tuesday morning, every Tuesday between now and the projected time that we were like, we, this was like two and a half months out uh, before we were going to go to uh, Sedona, we would have a creation call. We would generate activity, we would generate the things that we need to put in place and just, it'd be planning. It'd be the leaders coming together and generating the future. So again, on the first call, Thomas was a little upset because he thought this was just more of the same. And for him, more of the same was nobody shows up to his parties. Like he invites people, but nobody participates. Nobody shows up. And the fact that not a single person all over the world had contacted him was evidence that no one was coming to his party. Well, I suggested that we script a statement and that we read it at the beginning of every meeting. So after that initial call, I sat down and wrote a script about what we were creating. And the scripts that you write or the scripts that you talk about don't have to be this formal, or they can be. So this is what I wrote. We are now attracting a synergistic blend of 11 individuals locally. And we decided on 11 because, you know, with the leadership team and our our partners, that it was going to round out to about 15 people. And that logistically was manageable. So we decided on 11. So 
Again, we are now attracting a synergistic blend of 11 individuals locally, nationally, and internationally to arrive in Sedona, Arizona on April 20th, 2016 to join us and participate in our 2016 energy tour, Tapping into the Vortex Energies. Through their participation, they will receive many benefits, including personal healing, personal breakthroughs and manifesting, and an expanded awareness of their power and connection to the universe. Through our intention, we are generating the space for these individuals to experience a transformational shift in how they perceive, receive, manage, and transmit energy. We will also experience a deep connection and rapport between our fellow travelers and able to look back on this experience as a pivotal moment in the history of this incarnation. As we create this gathering, we also invite the miraculous. As we visualize the most awesome magical experience possible, we surrender the specifics of this event to the universe so that something even more amazing, more fantastic, more marvelous than we can currently conceive of may show up. So while that may seem a little wordy, a little long, uh, I wanted to cover all the bases. I wanted to circumvent any, uh, I guess, less than amazing scripting that was already going on. And so what happened? Well, this was on a Tuesday morning. On Friday, we had three people interested. By Saturday, we had five people signed up and confirmed By Monday, we had our 11. Well, people kept knocking on the door, and Thomas got excited and kept letting people in. Next thing you know, instead of one van, we have two vans. So we ended up with 25 people arriving when our goal was just 11. And from all accounts, all the other uh, intentions were manifested. You know, people got breakthroughs. They were able to manifest We had connections made, relationships, friendships. It was a good time. And there were a few hiccups that came along the way, but those were attached to other unspoken scripting that was going on. You can't necessarily address everything. So before we go too much further, I want to address some of the, I guess, the outline of how to script. Number one, state what you want, not what you don't want. Because the mind cannot not think of something. Like, don't think of a pink elephant. Right now, don't think of little blue bunnies flying around the ceiling with cherub wings. Don't think about it. You see, you cannot not think about it. The more you try not to think about it, the more you think about it. So when you're scripting, when you're manifesting, you don't want to say, I don't want to lose any money. Or, I want to attract a lover who won't play games. Or in the context of our trip, I wanted to attract a synergistic blend of 11 individuals that would add to the program, that would expand the program, that would connect with us, that would be kindred spirits. I didn't say, I don't want to attract someone that will disrupt the group. I didn't want to attract someone that had energies that would be disruptive to somebody else. I didn't want that. You see, when we talk about what we don't want, the universe doesn't hear that. Your other-than-conscious mind doesn't hear that. It only hears what you want. When you say, I don't want that, it hears, I want that. For example, 
picture in your mind this statement of a parent telling their child this, don't run, you'll fall. What's the only image in your mind? Well, it's pretty simple. It's running and falling. Don't place that there. You'll knock it over and spill it. The only thing the child hears is put that there, knock it over and spill it. You see that conjunction, don't, can't, won't, it's a cognitive process, but the other than conscious is literal. It just hears what the focus of the statement is. So when you're scripting, you talk about what you do want, specifically what you do want. And if you happen to say anything that you don't want, strike that, reverse it, turn it around and talk about what you do want. So that's number one. Talk about what you do want stated in the positive. Number two is speak about it in the present tense. As if the wish was already fulfilled. And it's helpful if you invoke, evoke the, the emotions that would be present in the fulfillment of your intention. I stated we will experience a deep connection of, and rapport between our fellow travelers and be able to look back on this experience as a pivotal moment in the history of this incarnation in our lives. And then something that I always do is I invoke the miraculous, meaning that I understand that we can plan from the best of our ability from our current point of view. And we can't see everything. We can't see all the pitfalls, all the you know, what's lying on the other side of that hill. So we enlist the aid of the universe. Basically saying, we can't see everything. We don't know everything. You know, we have a limited point of view. We're planning from the best of our ability based on what we currently know. And so we're opening up the door for something more amazing, more miraculous, more phenomenal to show up than we can currently conceive of. And fourth, State it in a way where it evokes something inside you. When you state it, when you say the script, and again, there's no right way to do it, you have to go by your own internal guidance system, your emotions, how you feel about your script. Does it open things up? Does it feel expansive? Does it create possibility? You know, and the more you practice, you know, that you can say things that don't feel that marvelous, that don't feel that fantastic, that actually limit possibility to make you feel kind of ugh. So what you're looking for is this internal sense of relief, this, in, this internal sense that everything's okay, that there's this momentum created energetically based on your scripting, that the fulfillment of it is inevitable. If you have a sense of doubt, do it again, say it again, say it differently. Now, this last example that I have um, has several elements of manifestation. It has some intuitive guidance in there, and uh, I'll probably try and unpack it at the end, or I'll just let it sit the way it is. I don't know yet. But this event occurred in, uh, I think, 1998, somewhere in 1997, 1999. But I do know that it happened on January 15th. You see, at that time, I was delivering for Federal Express. I was on the road. I was driving with a four-wheel drive van in a northern tourist-type area. And it was about 80 to 100 miles away from our central station. It was considered what could be called a rural route or an extended route. 
And so in January 15th, I'm, it was cold. I'm going to talk in Fahrenheit terms, uh, and I'll do a little bit here to translate into centigrade, because I know some of you don't deal with Fahrenheit, but here it is, January 15th, and it was about 34 degrees. The sun was out. It was just above zero centigrade, uh, up just above freezing. And the sun was out in a way where it felt almost like a spring day. The snow was starting to melt. It was warmer than freezing. And it was just pleasant. But it was about 11 a.m. when I got this feeling, this knowing, that today I was going to buy it. I could die in an accident. This feeling was oppressive and almost inevitable. And I just had one of those knowings without knowing how I knew, which is intuitive guidance, that I was going to buy it. I was going to be in a serious accident. And so after that realization, I began driving around like I was freaking out at every intersection. I was looking on you know, my left, my right, and I was feeling this fear like I didn't know when it was going to happen. And I said to myself, this is ridiculous. I create my reality. So I thought about what in my psyche, what in my mind would open up to the possibility that I could have a serious accident? Well, I had adopted a belief along the way that if you drive a certain number of miles, statistically, you're bound to have an accident. Insurance tables, insurance payouts are all based on the statistics of, you know, you drive X number of miles, you're bound to have some type of an event. And so in my mind, if I had a little dinky do item, a little, you know, scratch, a little bump, a little, I, that, was my, my, that was my thing. That was my accident. But at this point in my career, I had driven close to a million miles. And it was, I just, my story was, this was inevitable. It was bound to happen sooner or later based on that belief. But then I challenged it. I asked, is that true? Is it possible to drive and drive and drive and never, ever have an accident? Well, I just happened to have a wingman, my compatriot, the guy that worked next to me on the, on the sort, and uh, he worked in an area probably about 30 miles away, but he had just received his 15-year safe driving, meaning zero accidents in 15 years. So there it was. I had firsthand knowledge that it was possible to drive lots of miles and never, ever have an accident. So I began saying to myself, I began scripting. I said, from this point forward, I will drive in a safe and productive manner. I will not have an accident. Oop, I caught myself. I will have many, many miles safe and secure. From this point forward, every moment I'm on the road, I will be safe and secure. And the people around me will be safe and secure. And while I got to a point where I believed that, I said it again and again until it felt like it was true, I still had this pervasive feeling I was going to buy it. So I did two things. One is I paced my internal experience meaning that I agreed with it. I stated it as a truism, and then I put it in the past. So I said it like this. 
I understand that on some level I've made a, an unconscious agreement to have an event, a rendezvous with some other individual on the road. I'm no longer participating and I'm taking that, that agreement and I'm putting it aside. And in my mind's eye, I took my left hand and I swiped it to the left and down to the bottom to where it was out of sight. I said, I reject that probability. What I then said is I still understand that I made this agreement to have this moment in time. And I don't want to steal this lesson away from the other person. So I understand we're going to have an experience, but everyone is going to walk away. No loss of property, no loss of life. Everyone will be safe and secure. We will all drive home to our families. So again, I, I still had that feeling. So I repeated this scenario again and again. I understand that I have this agreement to, to have this event, this rendezvous in time with this other person. I'm no longer participating. I reject this possibility and I push it off to the side and I bring up the new reality that we'll have an event, we'll have an experience, but we'll all drive home safely. We'll all go home to our families. And I said it in the present tense, I said it with emotion, and I said it again and again with emphasis, with determined, like I declare it with a determined declaration that this was the new reality. Now, remember, I got this first impulse that something was going to happen about 11 o'clock. By one o'clock, I no longer felt that, that feeling. And so I knew that I had shifted it. I knew I had changed it. And then I promptly forgot about it, and finished up my day, which ended on the road about 5 o'clock. Now, you probably know January 15th, around 5 p.m., 1700, is that it starts to get dark. And as a consequence, the temperature starts to drop. With the sun no longer there, it dropped down below zero centigrade, down below freezing, just a little bit. It was still hovering right around freezing, and I, I cleared with my dispatcher to go back. And as I entered the highway, I w- became aware that it was starting to drizzle. There was a little bit of fog because of the, you know, the changes in temperature. And then I noticed that it started to freeze on the outside of my windshield as I turned my wipers on. The next sensation I had was my rear end of my vehicle shimmied just a little bit on the slick road. And suddenly all my spider senses came alive. And I said, this is it. And no sooner had I done that, out of my left eye, in my peripheral vision, I saw a red Grand Prix, a red Pontiac Grand Prix, leave the road and start heading across the median towards me. He must have lost control and was just plowing through the snow. It was going like in all directions as he went through the median. And I yelled, no, stop. And then when that moment, because, you know, I had created this other reality and this was not part of it. I wasn't participating. And in that moment, when I said, no, that car slowed down ever so slightly. It's like everything went into slow motion and it paused just for a second. Next thing I know, it just shot out in the road and just missed me because when it left the road, it was coming straight for my driver's door. But that little pause, that little moment, who knows, it might have got hung up in the ditch or something as it was going through through the median. But in that moment, it slowed down just just enough 
to where it came out on the expressway right behind me, just missed me. And I looked in the rear view and I did a 360 in the road, cars all around, and it went backwards into the median. So that guy hit nobody. He had a hell of an experience and ended up in the median safe and secure. And it was too slick for me to stop by that time because I was already several feet down the road. And I could see in the rear view that people were stopping and starting to assist this guy. So he had his experience. I had my experience, which for me was the most significant aspect of it was me creating a whole new reality. Now, I can dissect it. And part of me thinks that I jumped a timeline. I stepped into a probable reality, which we'll talk about at some future date. But at any given moment, there's an infinite number of probable realities that are possible for you. It's just based on your scripting, based on your story. You tend to head in the direction of the reality that you've been on, the timeline that you've been on. See, at any given moment, you can jump timelines. You can jump into a new reality. You know, that was 20-some years ago. Today, they, you know, the, the chic thing to say is it's quantum manifesting. Of course, it's, it's the same thing as, you know, shifting timelines, uh, accessing probable realities, probable futures. There's really nothing new under the sun. And you could say that this shift in this experience for me occurred on the fifth dimension. But whatever it was, it was profound for me. It reinforced, reaffirmed things that I'd been studying, things I'd been thinking about. Uh, I suddenly had a knowing. So one attribute that I added that wasn't part of that first scripting is that there was this feeling that was currently there. So I acknowledged it and then I put it aside. I said, that's the old story. That's the old agreement. I'm no longer participating in that agreement. What I'm now ushering in, what I'm now calling in. So you acknowledge what's currently there. If it's coming up and it's really strong, acknowledge it. Because when you try and push it aside and don't address it, it's one of those things that like you don't say it, you don't think about it, but it's still there. And I, at least you don't think about it consciously. It's still in the background of your mind. It's something you haven't addressed. It's something you haven't, you know, broached. So when we acknowledge it and say, yes, that's the old story, that's the old agreement, and you put it aside, I'm now calling in this. We address it, it's handled, and then we we basically clear it and complete with it and open up the possibility for a new story, a new script. So we'll talk about this deeper down the road, especially when you're in the vault. Uh, but I wanted to expose you to this idea, give you access to it if you haven't used it or you're familiar with it and you don't haven't you know, practiced it. You can tell a new story. And when you, you keep telling that story again and again, it becomes fact. And in a couple episodes, I'll talk about uh, how we create a belief, how we sustain a belief, how we can shift a belief uh, cognitively. There's probably a half a dozen ways to shift a belief. But since we're talking about consciously creating and scripting the reality that you want, addressing beliefs cognitively and consciously is a real useful tool. And an aspect of that is scripting. Well, I hope you found this interesting. I hope you found it uh, empowering and by all means, if you have questions about this, please address it. You can address it in the Facebook group. In fact, if you're not yet a member of the Facebook group, the Align Self Podcast Listeners Facebook group, the link is in the show notes. You can search us on Facebook. 
And when you answer the questions on entering the Facebook group, you have to answer the questions. Otherwise, I'll send you on your way. When you answer the question, how did you hear about the Facebook group? The answer, the secret handshake is on the podcast. That way I know you're a listener, not some Joe off the street. So you can address the question there. You can contact me via Instagram, on YouTube, on uh, what else am I on? Oh, I just started TikTok. Still hardly nothing there. There'll be more coming in the few weeks. But, uh, you know, you can contact me through TikTok. And with that said, this is Daniel Danovi urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. And by all means, live the epic adventure. (laughs) 